everyone. Welcome to the Pittsburgh Pirates Rant Podcast. It's Monday morning. I am feeling good from not being on Twitter for a few days and just occasionally going on and getting ripped uh, here and there. Um, I feel bad for guys like Nola Jeffrey that think they get me. Uh, you know, they think they're going to like dig on me because I'm going off statistics and box scores. What, what they don't understand is that that's what baseball is, is statistics and box scores. I mean, yeah, you could analyze a guy's swing and his tendencies, and you could say, oh, he hit this ball hard, but he got robbed by the shortstop. But for every time you get robbed on a play, you get a bloop double. You know, that's just how baseball is. Over the course of 162 games, things even out. And in the end of the day, the only thing that matters is what your box score says, you know, what the back of your baseball card says. You're either producing or you're not. Because not only is it sports where you have to produce it's baseball. It's a, it's a sport that has a lot of individual stuff where basically if you don't produce, you're gone, you know? I mean, guys like Cole Tucker, um, they didn't produce. They're going to be gone probably in a few days. Um, in addition to Cole Tucker, you're probably going to see Van Meter go. And you're probably going to see that relief pitcher they got in the trade that just gets all kinds of knocked around, um, I don't know, from the same country as Diego Castillo. I don't even remember the guy's name because you know what? He's not worth it. Oh, Miguel Yeore, yeah. I mean, he may work on some stuff and he probably will come back because it's the Pirates and they throw anybody out there. But it just doesn't look like he's good enough. You know, and these guys concentrate. I get what the Murfanko Project does. It focuses on guys that are cool guys, quirky guys. They're never going to be good enough to make it to the major leagues. But whether it's a guy like Jace Bowen or Bly Guy, it's somebody that's, you know, willing to talk to you, you know, that is a good minor league baseball player, you know, but probably never going to make it to the major leagues. But it's just funny. I don't know how long it's going to get, how long it's going to take someone like, um, I don't know, Louisiana Ted or whatever that guy's name is, Nola Jeffrey. <laughs> I don't know how long it's going to take for him to get it, like to understand how it works. But, you know, it's not really my job whether he gets it or not. I'm, I'm just here to tell you the truth, tell you what's really going on. And whether you're ready to hear it, whether you can handle the truth, I don't know. Like a lot of the guys on Twitter, they're not ready to handle the truth, you know, that this, this rebuild might not be working, you know. They're just, I don't know, they were so all in in hope with Ben Sherrington and this rebuild that I don't think they're quite ready yet to admit that this rebuild might be off track, you know, that things might not work out and you might end up being the Cincinnati Reds so um, or the Baltimore Orioles or whoever, you know. You might not even spend as much money as the Reds, so I don't even know if you'll get as good as the Reds did. But nevertheless, you know. I'm just here to report the news and give you my opinions. Um, O'Neill Cruz had a walk-off home run yesterday, which was really nice to see because he had started off, I think, 0 for 4 with three strikeouts. And at the end of the game, he hit a walk-off home run. I think the biggest problem with O'Neill Cruz right now is trying to figure out who he is. You know, is he going to be a pure slugger that just swings from his heels, you know, and focuses on exit velo? Because this is the problem with a lot of hitters. Um, the hitters that focus on exit velo are not going to be very good hitters. If you notice when the Pirates gave up 21 runs the other day, most of the hits were just like, you go with the pitch, you know, you hit it the other way, you hit one through the hole, you pop one through the middle, or you might stroke one into the gap. 
But, I mean, you're not going to be a very good hitter unless that's what you want to be. If you want to be Joey Gallo and just swing for a home run all the time, that's who you're going to be. But I don't even know if the Yankees are going to have patience enough to play Joey Gallo all year, you know? Because it's tough when you all a guy does is either hit home runs or strike out or make outs. And, um, you know, and that's it. You got a 190 hitter that hits 30 home runs. And I don't know if that's who O'Neill Cruz wants to be. Because last year when they revamped his swing, you know, they taught him to shorten his swing, you know, not always go for home runs. And he got his average, he got his average over 300. And that was where the real improvement came. And then once you start making steady contact like that, the home runs come. But I think he got screwed up this spring and at the end of last year when he hit like five home runs and six triple-A games. And then he hit the rooftop home run and he hit the home run in, in um, the majors at the end of last year. I think it just naturally can screw up your head. You know, kind of the same thing that happened to Rodolfo Castro. Um, it can kind of screw up with your head if you're trying to hit home runs you're not going to hit at all, you know? And I want to see if, um, if O'Neill Cruz decides who he wants to be. You know, does he want to be a slugger like Joey Gallo? Or does he want to develop into a possibly complete player, you know, someone who can stick in the major leagues and not just be quite as one-dimensional? I think he's good enough that he could hit for average and power, you know? Um, you look at a guy like Mason Martin, he's good enough um, you know, he strikes out a ton, um, but he's good enough because he hits doubles and home runs, you know. Um, he produces uh, pro- maybe a little more, even more than Joey Gallo. I don't know. We don't know yet, you know. But, I mean, he's doing well. And we know that O'Neill Cruz has not been doing well. His average is, I think he got his average back over 200 with that home run yesterday. Um, so that was good to see. Um, but I believe that Swaggerty might be under 200 at this point. And we know in the major leagues, there's a couple guys that are under 200, like Yoshi. Maybe he started swinging for the fences too much. Hasn't hit a home run yet this year. I mean, thank God for the Pirates that they didn't get stuck with Yoshi for more than one year. But the fans tend to get hypnotized by anybody that has a couple good weeks. Uh, Even Diego Castillo, who probably will make the cut this week, um, I think they got hypnotized by Diego Castillo because he had a really good run in the spring. And then he even got off to a pretty good start in his first couple games in the major leagues. And now he's starting to get exposed a little bit um, in the majors. Uh, his one hit yesterday was a, um, it could have gone either way, an error or a hit. Actually, they called it an error at first on Jonathan Villar, who also had a throwing error yesterday. And that's really the reason the Pirates won yesterday, other than the bullpen, which we'll get into. But, um, you know, whether Diego Castillo is going to survive this cut depends on if they're sending him or Van Meter down. You know, are you willing to just cut bait with Van Meter? Was he a guy that was just could play third base in a pinch because you knew Hoy Park wasn't really good enough to play third base? Um, You weren't sure if Chavis was good enough to play third base. And, you know, you just wanted someone just in case – Key Brian Hayes went down for an extended period of time. So we got him. Um, It's probably, I would imagine, I mean, you never know exactly what they're going to do, but just looking at how Cole Tucker has struggled his entire career, you would think that this was his last shot, you know, and that he is not going to make the cut when rosters, um, I don't know, they (laughs) de-expand, you know, when rosters contract, 
you don't think he's going to make the cut. You know, Yuri is probably not going to make the cut. And then the third guy is either going to be Diego Castillo or Van Meter. If it's up to me, I'd give Diego Castillo a shot because um, I said, you know, you got to give him at least as many at-bats as you gave um, those other guys, you know, like Rodolfo Castro and uh, the guy from last year. Um, you got to at least give him those 86 at-bats. Oh, that, that's another thing. Uh, I don't know. I think I haunt Jeffrey in, my, in his sleep, you know, like he's obsessed with me or something. Probably has like pictures of me on his wall. Um, because he was also like, oh, you're only going to give this guy 86 at-bats. Well, my whole point was you gave Rodolfo Castro 86 at-bats. And let's see, you know, who did the most in those 86 at-bats. But at the end of the day, all you really have to do is look at the box score and see how they did. You know, see who had the best ops is the best thing to look at. And then you can kind of drill into the other stuff if you want to. But that, that's really all you need to know is did they produce or did they not produce, you know? And ops also takes into consideration walks. It takes it into consideration slugging. So you got power in there. Um, Rodolfo Castro definitely had a little more power than Diego Castillo in his first many at-bats because after this many at-bats, Rodolfo Castro already had five home runs. Um, Diego Castillo, I think, only has one. Um, but he he has driven the ball to the gap a few times. He's looked okay. But lately, I think he's probably like three for his last 20 or something like that. So he's kind of in that struggling stage, Diego Castillo. Um, but, you know, who knows? Rodolfo Castro um, got his swing back at this point. You know, he's not just swinging for the fences. Um, he's doing a little better as far as getting his average back up uh, in triple A. But the big story is with the Pirates being 500 is um, the bullpen. Obviously, the bullpen is the big story, and they wouldn't even be close to sniffing 500 if it wasn't for a completely dominant bullpen. I mean, there's some crazy things happening, which happens with small sample sizes. I mean, we know that Will Crow and Dylan Peters still have lifetime ERAs over five. So, I mean, you can't really buy in until they at least get, you know, start to pull those lifetime ERAs down a little bit. Uh, Will Crow has had 13 innings this year, but last year he had like 118 innings, so it's not quite there, you know. We don't know if he's going to keep being able to do it. But, I mean, kind of the fun thing to look at is Dylan Peters has given up like two hits in, I don't know, the average against him is insane. I think if you take his average against and Will Crow's average against, it's, it's about 100, which is just amazing, you know. And Bednar is the real deal, you know. I would like to see, I hope the Pirates don't trade Bednar because in all those trades at the deadline last year, they didn't get anybody, you know, not one player at the deadline last year. So I hope that they're done with the trading. You know, I hope that they look to extend Bednar because um, never got hurt, you know. He is money, you know. And relief pitching is very valuable. You know, even if it's not steady every year, look at a guy like David Robertson for the Cubs. You know, he's been around for a long time. And for the most part, his years have been good, whether it be with the Yankees, you know, or some of the other teams he's bounced around on. You know, now he's on the Cubs. He's done a good job and he's in his 30s. So if you can get Bednar locked up for the next eight years or whatever, you're probably, I mean, he's probably not going to rape a 14-year-old kid like that other dude, you know? Um, he's probably going to, you can't be scared off because of what happened when you locked up a relief pitcher in the past. Um, I would like to see them extend Bednar. As far as all the guys on the team who I'd like to see them extend, 
it'd probably be Bednar. And then you can consider one of the veterans, um, either Chavis or um, Ben Gamble. If you want to um, create some stability to your team, you could consider extending one of those guys. I mean, we know that Chavis isn't going to bat 400 forever. You know, he's probably going to go back to batting like 250, about the same as Ben Gamble, you know, with some pop. But it's good to have guys like that on your team um, because you need someone to teach the young kids coming up because most of these young kids aren't going to make it. But there's some with enough upside, like, um, you know, like a guy like O'Neill Cruz, that you do want to give him a good, solid chance at making it in the major leagues. And you need some role models for him when he comes up. So that's kind of what we're looking at. But the bullpen has been so lights out. Yesterday, there was like three really tough spots, you know, for the bullpen. And the biggest spot was Bednar with guys on second and third after a bloop double. Um, Guys on second and third, one out, he gets two strikeouts, you know. So Bednar was the man. And before that, um, Will Crow got out of a little bit of a... um, a little bit of a stitch. I think one of the guys, I think it was the new guy that they, they signed, gave up a home run. Um, but that's going to happen at Wrigley Field. The wind was blowing out a little bit. The wind was, it was sort of like whipping around, you know. So, but the Pirates don't hit a lot of home runs. They're not going to hit a lot of home runs this year. They didn't have any home runs in their last couple games. And Yark is sweating because they're going to be lucky if they hit 145 home runs. And he was like, oh, they're going to hit 180 LOL, you know. Just, I don't know. Just the thing with Yark is not that he doesn't understand baseball. He's just very hopeful. I mean, the thing with um, Nola Jeffrey, I don't think it's that he doesn't understand baseball. He's just very hopeful. And the Marfanco project, you know, focuses on a lot of these minor leaguers that aren't going to make it. They get upset when I focus on a guy that has like an ERA in double digits, you know, Um, because it's Bradenton. You're not getting guys out. You're probably not going to make it to the majors. But they get upset if I'm getting mean to someone that they want to have interviewed on their show or whatnot because he's working on something. Well, good for him. You know what? These guys are all working on something, but it's a tough business. Not everybody's going to make it, you know? So just relax as far as like thinking that all these prospects, while they're nice guys, while they might grow a cool mustache, you know, while they might like, you know, be funny on an interview, most of these guys, not over 90% of them, are not going to make it. And you got a guy like O'Neill Cruz who probably has a 50-50 chance of making it. But you just wonder, like, is he going to make it? Like, um, is he going to stick with his swing that he did last year? Because if he goes back to that big swing and just focuses on exit velos and doesn't make as much contact, you know, he's, he's less likely to make it. Let's put it that way. So, I mean, um, the Pirates won. The Pirates are at 500. The Cubs are less than 500. The Cubs are terrible as far as their lineup goes. Um, the Washington Nationals are probably the worst team as far as their pitching goes. And most of the Pirates' games have been against those two teams. So, I don't know. I, people might want to buy into playing 500. They might even play well this week, even though they're going against the Brewers and Padres, which should be a lot of fun. They might do okay because they tend to do better at home. I don't think you're going to see those big losing streaks until like June and July, you know, when you have those big swoons. I think that's when you're going to see like the nine and 10 game losing streaks by this Pirates team because their starting pitching is not very good. I don't know how much longer they're going to keep throwing um, JT Brubaker out there. 
I was a little surprised yesterday when they removed him after three innings after only 44 pitches. But I think they, you know, they worked on him um, in his side session with locating his pitches, and he wasn't doing it, you know. And they really wanted to get this win before an off day. So, you know, I thought maybe he was hurt or something, but they just relieved him after um, 44 pitches because they had a lot of relievers that weren't going to pitch the next day. So, and that's what they did. They threw both Will Crow and Dylan Peters out there, in addition to Bednar and, like I said, that other guy that they signed, that veteran or whatnot. So, you know, they did get the win, you know. Um, but, yeah, like I said, at some point... I don't see this team winning more than 58 games. Um, I think you're going to see a lot of big losing streaks in the summer. Um, some of the guys are overachieving, you know, like Chavis. We know he's not going to hit this well the whole year. Obviously, um, the big guy, you know, the heavy set dude is not going to hit more than like, you know, a little over 200 this year because that's his average, you know. That's what he does. <coughs> so we know those guys are going to sort of get back to the mean. You know, they're going to reverge to their old mean. Yoshi might pick it up a little bit, you know. Um, I would hope, because he's batting 180 with no home runs, two doubles or something like that. You would hope that Yoshi picks it up. If not, you can't keep running him out there all the time. You know, you're going to have to play Chavis at first and figure out a second baseman. Um, but yeah, I mean, we this, this lineup stinks, you know. Um, it's going to stink all year. Whether you bring up guys like... It's funny when you have um, one of the podcasts that I like, the podcast to be named later, and the guy's like, it's talking as if when they bring up Cruz and Swaggerty that the team's going to be better. You know, and there's and even Cannon Smith Nigma. I mean, there's no reason to think when you bring up a rookie that the team's necessarily going to be better than what you got now. I mean, rookies are never going to be the savior unless it's like literally like one in a million guys like um, Wander Franco... Or, you know, just some of the other guys that have been spit out there over the last couple years. Um, but just about every rookie that's, uh, that started this year has been bad. It was nice to see a couple of them. Like I said, Mackenzie Gore had a good start. Um, it was nice to see. Um, they really should have kept um, that pitcher from last year uh, because he, is, he has an ERA just slightly over one with Colorado. Um, so... I don't know, like, they didn't even get, they didn't even pretend to get something for him, you know? Like, if you get something for the guy, you could pretend that uh, maybe this guy's going to work out. But they didn't even pretend to trade for this guy who got the win yesterday for um, Colorado. And I'm so, just sort of, like, um, scrolling down to see if I can see who the Rockies beat yesterday. Uh, let's see, it must have been one near the top. Uh, Rockies. Oh, yeah, Chad Cool, 1.10 ERA, and he's 2-0 and this year. So his ERA is so much better than the Pirates starters. And it just goes to show you that Ben Sherrington sometimes makes really bad mistakes as far as who's going to be good and who's not. Because getting rid of Chad Cool and keeping um, some of the guys that he's thrown out there, you know, uh, really makes you wonder if he knows what he's doing, you know. Um, especially when he gives guys such long leashes, um, like, uh, like Cole Tucker, you know, I mean, you keep Cole Tucker and you get rid of Chad Cool, and Chad Cool is like looking like he might make the all-star team this year. And Cole Tucker is looking like 
he should really be doing hand modeling or something, you know, because it's not working out on the baseball end. But, yeah, I mean, it was nice to see um, O'Neill Cruz get that home run yesterday. We'll take a look at the minors, you know. I'll just go through the box scores because wh- whether Nola Jeffrey will ever understand it or not, you know, that's really all you need to look at is the production, you know. So let's see who produced yesterday. Um, so, yeah, we want to go to Indianapolis first because we do have some, um, you know, some guys that will be with the team at some point in Indianapolis. Um, O'Neill Cruz, like he, like I said, he was 0 for 4 with three strikeouts, but then he hit that walk-off home run. So he got his average to 204 and his ops is 628. You know, still not where you want it to be. Um, so he's got a lot of work to do. But like I said, Rodolfo Castro hasn't been bad. His ops is close to 900. Uh, Mason Martin continues to rake two for five with a double, um, 316 average, and a 1046 ops. Uh, and then other than that, you know, nobody was really doing anything in Indianapolis. But those are the those are the guys that we kind of watch. People still like to watch Swaggerty, even though he's well under, um, or he's, he's at least somewhat under 200 now. You know, it doesn't look like he's ever going to impact the major league team. Other than, I mean, the guy plays a good defense, but does he still have his arm in the outfield? We don't know, you know, because of all uh, the shoulder issues he's run into. Uh, and Altoona, man, it was really tough to see Nick Gonzalez continue to struggle. I mean, this is a guy we are hoping to save the team next year, and he's batting 167. So that is a big, scary red flag. You know, and another reason why right now this um, this rebuild is big time off track, you know. Um, we know that Triolo can play some third base. He can't hit very much. He really has no, you know, future on this team. Sawinski has a shot to be a bench bat, you know, or at least he'll give maybe give a shot to get his 86 at bats or whatnot to see how what he does with them. Paguero still looks like he might be a good hitter, but um, we're not sure if they're going to move him to outfield because his infield defense has been suspect. And if Gonzalez is going to be your second baseman, you know, you're going to need Paguero to be a shortstop and you want a good defensive shortstop, you know. So, I mean, the, the jury's still out on whether he's going to be good enough. But Connor Scott continues to hit. So I would say Connor Scott and Suwinski, those guys at least have a shot to impact the outfield, which is good because other guys are really struggling right now, um, such as uh, Travis Swaggerty and Matt the Bat Frazier. I mean, those guys are really struggling. Um, as far as the pitching in Altoona, they keep throwing McGregor out there. I don't know why. I get I get that you need some institutional guys or whatnot, but um, you would hope that they'd have like a prospect that they could put in Altoona's rotation other than McGregor because he's been awful for two years now. And Omar Cruz, he could be like a guy that could impact your team maybe at some point. Same with Tanaj Thomas. I mean, these guys could be... Um, relievers for your team at one point if they continue to progress but certainly no guarantees with those guys you know they're still considered like yeah less than 50 percent chance that they're ever going to be decent in the major leagues even as a reliever and then Greensboro you got a lot of guys that aren't hitting Andy Rodriguez went 0 for 4 yesterday Um, he's been disappointing for the most part Hudson Head went 0 for 3 he's always disappointing um I don't know. So really, nobody did that good. Mike Escado, um, a pretty decent, you know, maybe defensive shortstop, but he's only hitting 184 this year, um, albeit with a little bit of power. 
So, I mean, this is just, again, why the organization is so disappointing right now, you know? Um, and then you go to Bradenton, and the, the most disappointing thing about Bradenton is just that we haven't gotten to see these guys that we wanted to see from the draft last year, you know? We haven't gotten to see um, any of those guys, not just the guys like Braylon Bishop. You know, we haven't even gotten to see, like, um, the big guy with the mullet, you know? We haven't got to see Solomedo, the guy with the the Jersey guy with the crazy, you know, whatever. We haven't got to see the Penn State kid. I mean, none of those guys are in Bradenton. So Bradenton's been like, you know, why even check the box score? Chang has been okay, but his average has sort of dropped down again. He hit a three-run triple yesterday, which was exciting, you know. Um, other than that, Mojica is hitting 300, which is nice. But yeah, I mean, there's not anybody in... Bradenton, you know, other than guys that only the Murfranco project cares about, like Jace Bowen, you know, they got some older guys. Um, they had a pitcher pitch yesterday. He's got an ERA over seven, you know. So, I mean, this is just the minor leagues are in such bad shape right now. And you were hoping that this is the year they were going to take a step forward, especially because you're planning on, you know, your team being minor league players, you know, or at least a lot of hopeful guys, that was what they were hoping for, you know, that you were going to have some of these minor league guys impact the team. Right now, I don't see anybody that's ready to impact the team right now. Cruz has to figure out his swing. Um, Swagger doesn't look like he can hit at all. It's back to the drawing board for some of these guys. I mean, Rodolfo Castro might get another shot at some point, but there's nobody I see that could impact the major league team that's really ready, you know, quite yet. So we'll just have to see, other than like um, the two pitchers that are pretty close, uh, obviously Rowanzi Contreras and Michael Burrows, but, you know, other than a couple pitchers, um, things are not going well for Ben Sherrington. I would fire his ass if it were up to me at this point. But, you know, we're going to just have, have to deal with the pain and see what happens with this. Um, so basically that's it. Um, hopefully O'Neill Cruz can figure out his swing uh, hopefully we get some wins on this homestand, which, like I said, I think we might, even though we're facing tough teams and we're one in five versus good teams this year. Um, we do better at home. So I think we might get a few wins on this homestand, maybe break even. I don't know. Um, but so far, the only thing that's done well is the bullpen. And the thing that's carried this team is the bullpen. And we don't know if that's going to last through the hot months of June and July. But, you know, the pets are sleeping. It's Monday. I'm a little sleepy. I'm going to take a nap again because I'm taking a little hiatus from Chewy. Uh, but when I get up, I got to do a bunch of stuff like eBay stuff and um, some finance stuff. But uh, taking a little shout out here and uh, saying goodbye. Oh, shout out to everybody that was like um, uh, reaching out to me on Twitter, even though I'm not really on there anymore. Um, you know, like to keep doing the podcast and whatnot. I appreciate that. Peace out. God love you. The devil loves you. I hope you end up in a horror movie and you get stabbed to death. Peace.